0: Crazy. shitty shitty week, but it is what it is, right? you have those wait, right wait, after wait the holidays too uh, yeah, like yeah just wait. Just wait till you get older. It's not it's not any better, bro. Uh, <laughs> right, you ready to get this thing started? Yeah, I'm good. Is this All the, right. is this okay?
1: Or should I move yeah. it somewhere else or
0: No, you're good, you're good man. We're just having okay. fun. We're just talking shit and talking boxing and whatever the fuck happens, right? There you go.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, <laughs> welcome welcome to another episode of Grinds by Gears. I I'm gonna butcher your last name, but so it's uh Methusen, and I'm not even gonna do because. How do you spell pronounce your last name? Because I butcher it every time. Mahindas. Mahindas. But see when yeah. you because it's Tamil when you like when you read it, it's different. It's, <laughs> 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 hey,
2: you're like, what? I, you, I think you, I am lucky. I don't got those super long ass Tamil. Yeah,
0: like Civapelli <laughs> Monop, Monopoli, like those guys. I've had a few friends with those ones. You're like, yeah, Yo, there's too, too, you know, when you're growing up and it was like, you know, they're teaching you syllables and you clap, three syllables. I'm like, yo, to the Tamil community, there's too many syllables in your last thing. You got a short, short form <laughs> <And> it. Anyway, <laughs> and yeah, how are you doing, brother? Uh, how's things going? Uh, how, how's the New Year kicking off for you?
2: Uh, the New Year's been very good so far. I'm just working off the the holiday weight you know that's yeah. every fighter
1: every yeah. fighter
0: got to do that every person <laughs> every person not just fighter every person uh so um last year was a big year for you too right uh you was yeah. your first year turning professional and um i mean i've known you for quite a while and uh you've had an extensive amateur career Right. How many flights amateur do you had total?
2: Um, Somewhere in the 80s. I, I li- literally lost count. Maybe like 80, 85. Yeah. 80, somewhere between 80 and, you know, somewhere between 80 and 85, somewhere in there. Now, why so long? You got to you gotta make sure you have it right before you turn pro, you know. You got to yeah. make sure you've got all the tools you can before you turn pro because that's when the me- record really matters, right? So you got to get the experience as an amateur. Uh, before you make that transition
0: so was there was it more of uh making sure that you were ready thing that your skill set was ready for pro or was it more of like to mentally get you ready to do that many because i know that like boxing and like say mma is a bit different in terms of the physicality and the injuries involved but some would would argue that you know you're wasting i would not say wasting but 80 fights as an amateur that's a lot of manpower that you could have went towards making money so what was the methodology that you and your coach had uh with that extensive kind of amateur career
1: yeah so
2: i i started the sport late right um compared to like other people who are like professionals now in boxing like uh, i didn't have my first fight until i was already 17 years old i didn't even lace up a pair of gloves until i was Sixteen, like the later half of sixteen, I was already like almost seventeen by the time I had my first time I even threw a punch. Yeah. So, um, for us, especially coming from like a background like that, you definitely have to make sure you're more prepared because the guys you fight later on in your amateur career and like at the top levels of, as a pro are the guys who've been fighting since they're like in the crib.
1: Yeah. So exactly,
2: yeah, you yeah. got it, you got it, yeah. So you got to be able to bang with those guys before you make that transition to the amateur. or uh, sorry, make that transition to the pros. So that's yeah. what me and Horace were always um looking at
1: like even as an amateur
2: we yeah we knew to like we were looking at the pro scene not like my whole amateur career was just uh grooming me to be become a better professional
0: so it wasn't really that you were like aiming for olympic level boxing or anything like that it was more of like turning pro was always the goal but you were kind of just making sure that you've seen all the the styles and the things you want to see before you make that jump into the ship right
2: Exactly, you got it hit it right on the nail, so that's right. exactly it, um, but also, like I wouldn't say I wasn't trying to not go to the Olympics, like I was still trying making an effort to try to see what I could do in in terms of that Olympic route,
1: yeah,
2: um because I feel like the best fighters who are boxers on the planet are people who are like Olympians or like they have that pedigree of amateur, yeah, um, so it's important you're able to like stand with those guys before you really make a push for the pros
0: but let's be honest though, Olympic boxing now is so corrupt. It, it almost doesn't, like, as a young fighter, like, dreaming of winning the Olympics, and especially if you're from North America, right? Because we've seen this time and time again where North American fighters, especially Amer- good Americans, um, they will probably not, I, I forgot the fight it was. It was a couple Olympics ago. What, one of the guys knocked the guy down, like, five times, and they gave the other guy the decision. And when you see those kind of things, like, if you're aspiring to win an Olympic medal, you're like, well, it's almost impossible to work around that kind of corruption, right?
2: Yeah. So that's the corruption you just see on T V on at the Olympic oh, I know, games. I
0: know there's more. I know there's
2: more. I know there's more. <laughs> Just on the way like to on the way to the Olympics, you don't know how many people are getting robbed at the like the state level golden gloves or like yeah. just like in your own backyard, you're like getting robbed. So you don't even get a chance to like show what you got on that level because you're getting Robbed on like the provincial level or like you know your city level, so it's
0: yeah.
2: like I, well, it's, it's, it's it's terrible. Like it's very big. The I, wanna,
0: I wanted to talk about this later, but we might as well cause we float into it now. Why is that? Like, how has that became? Like, I can understand at the professional level, like a bullshit decision to protect a guy and mm. and and for money when you know when we're talking like Wilder and those kind of guys when we're talking about big millions of dollars with Tyson Fury, etc. But on the amateur level, there's not really much money involved. So where why is what's sparking the the corruption in terms of the judging and, and that kind of stuff? Because when you when we think about all the evil shit that goes on in the world, it's mostly money driven, right? But when you're looking at amateur boxing, there's not much money driven behind it. So like as a guy on the inside, so like 'cause I'm from the MMA realm so I see the corruption in, in that area how is it beneficial to someone to like give a phony decision or something like that so the hey, you wouldn't believe
2: it but in the amateurs it's also about the same thing it's about money man like um it's about like basically in let's say you're on the national team like your yeah. the funding that you get is based upon like your win your win loss ratio and like um and like locating to certain provinces because certain po- provinces have like, um, well, for in Canada it's like Quebec, right? Like Quebec runs boxing yeah, yeah. in Canada, sure. so so because of like things like that, it's like they try to keep the money in Quebec. They try to keep all the like the Olympic training centers in Quebec, so they try to send all the boxers from across Canada to Quebec. And they try to keep it
1: very uh, in there. Those like damn all, those, those damn Frenchies, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we love we <laughs> love we love them, but yeah. You no, know, I get what you're nope. saying
1: but uh
2: the, like they're doing like there's corruption in terms of that but it's also at the same time you can't you can't say that about the Frenchies in boxing because at the end of the day the other provinces aren't putting up the money to like to, to, to you know to be to do able it. To, yeah yeah so like all the fights like even like um professional kickboxing and everything that was all banned in ontario for so long yeah for 30... only, so it's like the montreal culture they got a fight culture so they're kind of allowed to call the shots but yeah
0: and uh You know, the big organization out there, TKO, uh, they kind of made a comeback for MMA and then it kind of fell off a little bit. But they had some of the most stupid contracts that were like so like uh, they approached me once. I didn't I didn't fight for them, but I had a couple of buddies who did fight for them. It was something in the contract that was so silly that if you were under contract with TKO and say the UFC C said called you up and offered you you have to pay them like a portion of that purse. like it was it was ridiculous that that was even there and, and you know guys want to compete so they sign those contracts and then you're like fuck like it's kind of like it's very restrictive but then what are you going to do there's not much shows elsewhere you know what i mean in canada it's very limited did you find that like with your amateur career, I know you and Horace would constantly go out to Nova Scotia and different kind of things, but did you find that, uh, you know, finding quality and, and good shows was kind of limited or it like, it was a lot of like gym kind of shows and that kind of stuff. Right. In the amateur ranking. Uh,
2: and yeah. And the amateurs, um, I, I feel like I'm Canada actually had a, like, because we were so close to Montreal, like for club shows and stuff, we would like, travel like we would get the like we would do club shows in Ontario but then we were willing to travel like I fought in like New York a bunch of times I fought in Michigan um and we went to Montreal to fight um I've been flown out to like Alberta even to fight so like um like I'm lucky where like I got I got to be able to be a traveling fighter like I got to go to other states and fight the best person at like each state and province and I got I got I got fortunate to have like a good amateur career like that. But definitely if your' like coach isn't willing to put in like the time to like you know spend time travel. away from his family to travel yeah. and it's just you're losing a lot of money like you have to buy the hotel in the new in the next city just to fight for free yeah. um, it's a big it's a big investment so I well, can definitely see it's tough
0: that that's one thing people don't keep in mind is uh the coaches and that's the like my my old coach uh, he he stopped coaching and i retired from from professional coaching. But uh, one of the things people don't realize is like when he was traveling with us on the roads to these fights every weekend with all different fighters, uh, he's not at his gym running his gym. And when he's not at his gym running his gym, it means he's paying somebody money to run his gym, which means he's losing money. Because let's be honest, a professional fight purse is a 10% on, uh, you know, if you're under 10 fights is peanuts. It's like 100 bucks. Or, like, why would I travel 17 hours with you back and forth for for 100 bucks, right? So, like, we have to give tons of props to all coaches at all levels, but especially boxing and, and MMA because those time away uh, on those weekends, they're losing a significant amount. They're not making money. Unless your fighter is fighting pay-per-view cards and is getting a chunk of the pay-per-view, most coaches don't make that much, right?
2: No, they're, yeah, they're definitely losing money to bring you out to the fight. Yeah. Um, and that's why you got to like really respect your coach. And that's why like, anytime I go out with my coach, I'm like, yo, I got to, you know, like I'm, I'm fighting for gas money. Like that's how I literally, <laughs> literally feel. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm fighting this guy for the gas money. My coach spent to, to get me here. So like, you know, yeah. we got to rumble. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know. I know. Now, now that you turn pro, uh, four and or three and oh? uh, four and right. Four and oh now. Yeah. Four and oh. Um. Now that you're getting a little bit of return on your investment, I mean, I know the struggle. I know it's not a big return, but how does it feel? I <laughs> it's barely a return. It's still probably, you know, when you work out your expenses, it's still probably net negative, 100%. Uh, but how does it feel like to make that transition now where like, you know, you're leaving the arena and, you know, there's some th- sort of
1: monetary kind of gain that you you're getting from it?
2: I don't. I don't really care about the money. Like sometimes I yeah. forget to even get the check at the end of the fight because I'm so <laughs> used to. I fought 85 times. For me. Yeah. I just walk out. The doctor checks me. I'm like, and I just walk out. Like, yeah. I don't. But getting having to stick around for the check at the end, it's like, all right, it's a little sweet.
0: I get to have dinner after. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just, It's just thirty bucks. You can just get some dinner. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's got. It's got to. It's got to have a better feeling than than before for sure, right?
2: Yeah, like it, at the end of a victory, like when they have the victory and you have that post-fight meal with your friends, and you get to spend the like monitor like the money you just won off the fight. Um, so it is a good feeling. It's better. Yeah, it's much better than fighting for for, for free sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> and, and like like you said, you are not really care about the money. Is that like your mentality going forward with your career, or is you know are you looking to you know to get bigger fights, build the record up, and eventually you know make a living and and fight professionally full time? Is that something that you're Looking forward to, or you really don't care? I know you have a career as well at the side that you do do. Do you prefer kind of juggling both, or is your goal kind of just to work your way up into fight professionally full time?
2: Yeah, my goal is definitely to fight professionally full time because if you really want to get to the top of the top, it's that's what it takes, right? Yeah. Um, and you and you got to be willing to make that sacrifice and take that risk to do that. Um, at the moment, like uh, I'm able to do what I'm doing, um, like juggling it both at the same time yeah. but definitely like another i like the way i'm the, this pace i'm going at i i think like in another like within the next year i might have to take that leap of faith which i'm prepared to do
0: yeah um, I, that's yeah, what it and, takes to get there and it's difficult and and there will be hardships like i'm sure you've seen that graph that like goes around social media like the little graph where it's like life of a fighter and it's like a bar graph and it's like uh, 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 right the highs and the lows right the highs are the very high and the lows are very low and like when you make that jump where you go full time a lot of guys go broke in that time you have to be willing to to do that because you're not always going to be fighting right like you only make money on the night of the fight and you know if you're lucky sponsors pick you up and but even then sponsors flake those kind of those kind of things don't always pay out so when you do make that leap you have to really be committed to the fact that you know there might be times where I'm not Collecting a paycheck for a month or two, like, how do I balance that out? How do I make sure that my finances are covered? Uh, are you prepared for that when you make that leap? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like that's the difference between me and a lot of other fighters. Like,
2: I'm, like, I graduated in finance. I'm very smart with my money. I know how to, yeah.
1: like,
0: you know,
2: save and I'm going to be, I'm a very responsible person. I, I, I don't see myself having that issue like on my own accord. It wouldn't,
0: like you, see, like yeah, happened, you know, like having to take a flight when you're not ready or injured just because you need the money, right?
2: Exactly. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself in that situation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's smart because like a lot of guys do that, and it's <laughs> actually it, you, well, you know as well, that as You've been around a lot of pros, and you know a lot of guys are they rely on that money, right? Especially when they're yeah. like fresh in their career. Like it's very dangerous thing where you're not say like for example i because i know how the bagels say you're like making 800 dollars a flight which is nothing and you rely on that that is a rough life to live to like be relying on that one little tiny paycheck for one night to, you know you know what i mean and the amount of stress it puts on you on top of the fact that you have to go in there into this dangerous situation and get punched in the face and then you're also thinking about well if i don't win because you know sometimes i don't know how boxing contract works do they do win bonuses for boxing as well
2: no they don't have win bonuses actually that's crazy that i don't, only you i think only um like mma does that like the win yeah, it's, bonus it's fucking stupid. To, like knock Knockout of the night and, yeah hit. they should not, just pay every they should just divide that between whoever is left to just make sure everyone's on a better spot but i
0: do not the, the the win bonus thing is bonkers it's so stupid because it's like Oh, it's an incentive to win. Like, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? Like, of course I'm trying to win, you retard. Like, I'm in a fist fight. Like, I'm trying to win. But like, uh, so so in boxing, most of the contracts are base pay, correct? And then maybe some sort of incentives in terms of selling tickets, etc. Cetera, et cetera, right?
2: Yeah, like pay per view buys or um, or ticket sales, exactly. But plus like uh plus like the base pay.
0: Yeah. Now. As you transition from amateur to pro, how did um, training change? Did you train much or like because you've had such an extensive amateur career, not much had to be done training in terms of the transition? Uh, I would say
2: I had to, I had to turn up like the number of sessions and I had to make my life outside of the room Um, more like, more like fit, more fit for what's going to happen as a pro. Because when I was an amateur, like, I was doing things, like, I wasn't taking my nutrition seriously. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, sometimes, you know, you don't train twice a day as much as you need to.
1: Um,
2: Like, you might run in the morning, but you won't do that, like, you know, the leg day in the morning, followed by, like, something at lunchtime and then doing the next, like, you know, you won't have multiple training yeah. sessions all the yeah. time. Yeah, I know what you mean. You gotta, yeah, you gotta. Commit to training a lot more, and, and definitely things like getting sleep every night. I think that was a truck. Like I used to stay up and talk to my girlfriend. Now I'm like, I gotta fight somebody.
0: <laughs> okay. yeah, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. Now, do you? How do you split up uh, your training now in terms of like um, technical skill, strength and conditioning, uh, sparring? Like, is there a, a balance that you guys have found uh, throughout your amateur career that's working so far as pro or are you still kind of trying to figure out the right recipe for yourself?
2: Uh I think it's um it's an ongoing process. Like I do I make some changes and I and I find like I'm like oh this I do react better to this so I'll, I I kind of stick to this and um or if like I feel like I feel like in my last couple fights I was lacking on a couple things. Yeah. Um so I've like I was like you know what I have to go back to the drawing board and and spend more time to fix, you know, these areas um in order to pro- like progress better. So then Maybe I step back on things that I was doing more of and saying, you know what? I'm already good at that. I don't need to do that anymore or I don't need to do as much of it. Let me, let me work on these other areas because it's better. I feel like it's better to be well-rounded as a professional than it is to be very good at one thing because Uh, in the professionals, people uh, will game plan for you and they'll like, you know, they'll try to fight around your strengths and weaknesses more.
0: Well, one of the things I found is, is I, uh, I got into the pro game and then, I've had this break now because of COVID and injuries, but as i come coming back into it, it's like if you're very one-dimensional, it's very easy for other fighters to set a trap on you and exploit that one kind of area. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, what I found, and this is my experience, but yours might be different. Is like as the level of competition increases, it's no longer kind of like standing in front of each other and seeing who's got a better skill set because see it's almost like the guy across from you like he might have a good really good record but he might not be the better fighter but he's actually super intelligent he kind of sets traps and gets you to be in positions where you genuinely never are in when you train or when you fight but he kind of makes you go there makes you take a step outside of your you know your your you extend your base your legs too far then all of a sudden it kind of exposes an angle and he hits that shot you know what i mean do you find like as you're getting these more pro fights in that's something that you're an element that you're adding to the game because i find a lot of veterans you know how like when their athletic prowess kind of calms down they like they've had tons of fights and they're like I'm not as good as an athlete anymore but I'm smarter than the other guy do you find that you've kind of adopted that a little bit early on
2: I, I felt like I, I that's exactly how I feel now like uh, I, I can definitely say I'm not as quick as I was like three years ago right yeah. like compared to like when I was like 21 22 years old but now I'm hell of a lot stronger and I'm hell of a lot smarter so I can like <laughs> set them up for like a one punch instead of like before I wouldn't be trying to even try i wouldn't even be thinking of that i would just be throwing punches to throw punches or like you know just trying to outwork them but now it's like i gotta take my time like lull them and then catch them with something they don't expect yeah. so i can definitely seeing the pro game because i guess it's also because in the pro game everyone's a uh, everyone's a good big strong man now you know it's yeah. not like you're fighting other kids your age and um like in the amateurs and with the small gloves and stuff now it's like things it's like really the hurt game those gloves are small if you mess up once you can get you yeah, know you can get knocked out you
0: can get hurt bad you're you're how old now 20 24 25 uh, i'm 26 26 uh, right now yeah so like for me like when i turned 30 I, one of the things like i fucking hated the number right i'm like oh no i'm 30 i'm getting old but the one of the things that i noticed was like that's when i was starting to get my man strength right and i didn't have to like like you know when you're fighting and you kind of overcompensate like for like say you're tired so you use strength to kind of get yourself out of different kind of situations that like normally you could use technique, but you're like, fuck it. I am going to use straight. You know what I mean? Like kind of <laughs> Barb barbarian your way out of a corner. You know what I mean? Like out of a flurry or something like that. But what I noticed was like, when I got, when I was hitting that 29, 30, like strength came a lot easier to me than was in my early twenties. Right. So that's something like you're good at like fighters, young fighters especially have to keep in mind as they move up the ranks. Cause, you're gonna end up fighting thirty-one year olds, thirty-two year olds with good sh- records, and they're gonna be really fucking strong. Like it's gonna, and you can lift as many weights as you want to or whatever, but it's it's physiological, right? And you're gonna you're gonna get to that point too, where you're gonna get that strength. But uh, is that something you're keeping in mind as you kind of guys pick your matchups and and take fights and accept fights like that kind of uh, strength difference when it comes to older kind of guys, older fighters?
2: I wouldn't say that. Like I, I just we just take the matchup like whatever comes. We're not like, uh, like we're not like looking too into it or anything. We're just trying to like put ourselves in a situation where like we're not gonna get robbed or something like that. We're yeah. Like as long as it's a fair fight, we'll take we'll take the fight. But if it's like one of those ones like you gotta travel to that guy's backyard and
1: yeah, his I've whole family's
2: that. there, and then
0: <laughs> yeah, those are the I've ones done, you gotta I've, stick with. I've done that. I've done that. I fought in Ohio and it was like in a fucking barnyard. Like it it, it was it was like a shitty venue. And everybody there just, like, wanted you to lose because it's that guy's hometown, right? And I remember going into the third and the last round, my coach was like, you won those two rounds, but you have to finish him in this round. I'm like, why? He's like, because I have a feeling after watching earlier the earlier fights on the card that they would have scored it for him. So I was like, fuck. Okay. And I ended up going out and finishing the guy. But like I know what you mean. Like when you're in that backyard and you're at the home, if there's any doubt, you you know, you're probably gonna lose that decision. You're probably gonna get robbed in that sense. And and in some ways more so in boxing than in other sports because of the bullshit that goes along with it, right? Yeah,
1: like I like if it's a fair fight and I lost the fight and I like lost the JIT,
2: all right. You know, like I, I can go back to the drawing board and I'll come back stronger.
1: Yeah.
2: Like to to do what you gotta do and like you won every round. And, like, to not get the decision at the end, it makes no sense. Especially coming from, like, three judges or four judges who, like, never threw a punch in their life. They're just sitting on the side. And, yeah, like, man, this is, like, they shouldn't have control over your fate, fate like
0: that.
1: Like That's well, crazy to me. I
0: mean, and I'm sure you've seen it in boxing and in MMA where, like, that bad decision, like, you watch the guy's career develop after that bad decision. And you're like, well, if he had gotten the, that decision that he should have, his career would have went on a totally different trajectory, and he would have been world champion, or he would have been like top contender for the next ten years. Whereas he had that one bad decision, and then they didn't give him the next fight, and then he ended up losing another fight, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What the fuck? The guy's a nobody anymore." But it was everything kind of stemmed from that one bad decision. You know what I mean? And and that yeah. affects and that affects your income too, right? That affects your income. You're robbing.
2: Them. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, because when you as soon as you lose a fight, all your minimums are down. No, no promoter wants you. Nobody wants you anymore. So, and that's like that's kind of like Floyd Mayweather, especially in boxing compared to MMA. Yeah. Like uh, they want that clean Floyd Mayweather fifty 0 record. But yeah. that's why I respect MMA. Like those guys, like you see the top guy fight each other on the UFC. Um, they'll lose and then they'll come with the rematch like three mo- like another one year later. And I'm I respect that. Like having the loss to a having the greatest fighters fight each other and having losses to each other doesn't matter
0: yeah i mean i mean you've done amateur a long time and you've lost fights you know that like you don't really learn much from winning right it feels great and you're like okay you go back to the drawing board you fix on some of the mistakes but the more, most of the losses especially my losses the most i've grown as a man especially is like when i was like fuck i lost that fight what do i do you know you you're like i'm a loser everyone's gonna make fun of me and really nobody cares right because even when you win or lose what's the one question everyone asks you when's your next fight right <laughs> like hey like i just got the fuck out of there like give me, a, give me a day or two you know what i mean but like no like at the end of the day like i think it's a a th- common thing with fighters where they think that the whole world gives a fuck when really nobody yeah. gives a fuck you know what i mean
1: that's yo. that's
2: exactly how i that's my new like that's the mindset i kind of Took on like at the end of the day, there's fifty. What is what like a five billion people in the world? You're just yeah. one person. Like the world goes on, regardless win, lose or draw.
1: Yeah, you gotta
2: exactly. just keep keep hacking away at it. And,
1: and it's then, funny because
2: uh, today, to, today um, we were in the gym and some guys were sparring. And then yeah. this one, this one guy's complaining. He's like, "Man, I work at McDonald's three to eleven. I couldn't come to the gym for the last week, um, like to train." And then he gassed out in sparring, right? Yeah. And then get and then a the guy outside. He's like, "Guess what? No one cares, and your opponent yeah. doesn't care either."
0: yeah exactly and and i mean but that's that's people though like people always kind of look for an excuse as to why they can't perform or do anything like it's not necessarily boxing or sport right it's like Mm. oh i have i had this this and this factor that's why i can't you know like, like like take something simple like eating healthy and exercising i can't exercise because I work a nine to five and I have kids and then I got to go home and make dinner. Well, bitch, please. You know how many fucking people have to do that kind of shit? They still like 30 minutes, like wake up early, stay up late, like make us like, I'm sure you've seen, you know, me on social or even when I, sometimes when you pop into the gym, when I was there, like I take my kids to the gym. Like, I don't care. Like if I, if, 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 something means that much to you like if a goal that you have in life means that much to you it shouldn't matter about the circumstances that are behind you and how many times especially in boxing you see like some of the best guys come from some of the worst places on the fucking planet you know what i mean like they've come from the roughest crappiest upbringing and you're like what it like you think they made an excuse like they didn't have a gym like some of these guys are coming in and they're like you look at some of the best boxing programs, like Cuban boxing pro, like they don't have fucking full gyms with 20,000 bags and air conditioning and shit. No, these guys are boxing in the mud. You know what I mean?
2: It, it, they're it. like, they don't even have heavy bags. They're just punching tires. But like yeah. no, with like their gloves have no padding. Like They're just working with what they got.
0: And it's a common thing. Like it's, it, it, I feel like it's like a, a North American or a first world country kind of problem where like, people make those excuses and like it, fighters make those excuses athletes and all kinds of sports make the excuses like, Oh, that guy's better than me because he has X amount of resources or he has sponsors paying for him. Like who cares? At the end of the day, it's about the effort you put in. Right. And nobody can judge effort, right? Like wins and losses come and go, but effort, nobody can judge that. Right. So if you put in the effort, whether or not you win or lose, People will see the hard work. People will see the skills, and you will get somewhere. But it's a fact that, like, like you said, you're like, oh, I worked at McDonald's all day, and I couldn't come to the gym. Whose fault is that? It doesn't matter if you could have get to the gym. <laughs> why, why didn't Why didn't you shadow box in your in your room when you go home? Why do not you do something to get better? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a constant. Exactly. It's a constant. Like I'm sure you see it all the time in the gyms, right? And
1: you
2: know. You know what? Ever since I turned pro, I, you know, I fought a few people from Mexico, right. Yeah, and I can really see the difference in hunger between fighting one of those fighters and like my whole amateur career fighting like North American fighters or like a couple South American fighters. But like when those guys come to fight, like they're really coming to like they're putting it all on the line. Like they're not just coming to box you or thing. They're coming to like you know legit kill you. Like they're just coming in swinging as hard as they can. They have nothing to lose. So I feel like you gotta have like that kind of hunger to be even to even stay on the level as those guys. Because if you're not coming with that level of hunger you're gonna you're gonna get like you're gonna get, you're
0: gonna get taken out and if you look at some of the where the, some of the uh better fighters in boxing and MMA are coming from they're coming from Europe and like Russia and that those kind of parts of the world those guys are hard fucking human beings right they're, like they don't care like they don't care about your well-being like they're very respectful when you fight they shake hands whatever but, like they don't care. They don't, they don't care about the circumstances. They just care about getting to the fucking fight and winning and, and destroying you. And like when you're done and when you're knocked out and when you wake up, yeah, sure. Shake your hand. But like, they don't give a flying fuck about anything between that time. I think it's a, that's one of the difference between like some of those overseas fighters compared to North American fighters is like some of the environments they grow up in, it makes them really hardened. You know what I mean?
1: Mm hmm. I can,
2: yeah, that's 1,000% it. I
0: can see Uh, that. (laughs) I I even find that too, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong on this, but I I find that too where when you fight guys from like colder climates, they're a lot harder kind of individuals, right? Uh, And and I, I don't say that like people who live in Florida or fucking south of the equator, like don't fight well. I mean, like when you have to like, pick your ass up through like minus 30 to train and kind of stuff there's a different kind of grit that that kind of brings out in a kind of fighter so i find like sometimes when i have to compete against somebody who comes from a, a weird kind of climate and a kind of country like that even kind of like canadians get that rap like we're tough because half of the year we're cold as fuck right <laughs> you know
2: yeah. what i mean you know you know what i do things like that in my own training like i throw a monkey wrench in my own training just to show myself like I can push through this. Like I'll run through like a blizzard or like, yeah, like you know, like those days. You know, those days in the summers are like, yo, it's a heat warning. It's like thirty-five degrees. Like yeah, I'll legit get a sunstroke. I'll, I'll train that's on those.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
2: when I run ten miles
0: just to prove I could do it. <laughs> yeah, those those days where it's like forty. Yeah, those days where it's forty. Like I don't know why I do this, but those are the days where like I'll go to jujitsu and I'll go to gi class and I'll put on the gi and I'll be like, yo, I, like I want to see how much I can sweat before I cramp. Like I want to see what. Le- like what level of heat I can, because like, I know, I know you don't, you don't grapple, but like when you're wearing the gi in like 40 degree heat and then like, say someone like pulls it over your face and then you're sweating, but then the material is keeping the sweat there, like the heat in there and like, they're on top of you and you're like, like it's hot. You're like, you're not thinking about the position. You're just thinking about like, I need to like get to like a, where there's some fucking air where there's breathe you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's just hot but i it's weird because it, like like you said i put myself in those situations like i don't have to do that that day i could be like going to do boxing or kickboxing but i'm like what's the shittiest thing i can do today <laughs> to punish myself i'm so i'm so stupid yeah,
2: that it's i don't know i think that's an important part of training being able to be in those like that type of environment and like put like especially putting yourself in it like not no one's telling you, you have to do this. Like you're like saying like, you know what, I know this is like something crazy that I'm about to do, but I'm just going to do it yeah. and show the and prove to myself that I could survive it and
1: do
0: now, what you
2: set for. Like,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Now with the craziness, obviously recovery is uh key. And I think that as the sport evolves, combat sport evolves, I think more athletes are kind of getting in tune with recovery, right? Because I, like I'm very open my one of my tragic flaws and why I've had so many injuries is because I just beat myself into the ground and then one day something pops and then I'm out for six months that's That's been my tragic flaw um and I like to share that experience because I don't want anybody else to kind of go through that. I want people to learn from my mistakes, and I'm not the only one to make that mistake. I know every fighter trains more than they should right um what what now that you've made this transition? So, Pro, have you done anything more to kind of help with recovery and, and kind of getting uh, between training sessions? Obviously, you talked about nutrition, you're on your food and stuff. Is there any kind of things you're doing like sauna, bass, ice to kind of aid with the recovery so that you are able to keep up with that demanding training?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of my issues. Like, uh, I feel like ever since I changed up the nutrition and, um, like, you know, in between training sessions, getting in good food and, like, not doing anything too crazy in between training sessions to recover for the next one I I'm on top of, but yeah. I need to do more things like massage or like, you know, like a sauna or like I need yeah. to incorporate. Um, and that's definitely, I got to look into it. Maybe some yoga, um, Yo- yeah, yoga's, yoga,
0: yoga, yoga, yoga's is key. Like I've done a lot of yoga because of the different injuries I've had. Uh, but one of the things I like, I know a lot of people do pole therapy, right? But like, I'm, I'm brown as shit. Like I hate pole <laughs> I hate Paul. So like 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 when I watch those guys like jump in like an ice bath and they film it and they're all like it makes me tougher. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm tough. I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm a I'm more of a heat kind of therapy guy. Like I will be the first to jump in the sauna, I'll be the first to jump in the hot tub. That's kind of what makes me more comfortable. You have a kind of a preference, uh, this kind of firing your career of how you kinda of like to recover, like
2: um, I've been sticking to more of the heat stuff, but that's only cause uh, the cold stuff's harder to get to. Okay.
1: Um, yeah.
2: But but now in the winter, I'm thinking like maybe because yeah. I used to do this when we when we were on the basketball team. We used to like after practice, the coach Jumping would make us all. Yeah, he would make us all jump in the snow for like five minutes and then come back out. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking about I gotta start doing those old school things we used to do in like high school basketball practices. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Now. Now I wanted to jump on this topic because I love talking to boxers about this because this YouTube boxing phenomenon, right? Uh, and, And I specifically wanted to ask you about this because I know how much work you put in as an amateur and what it means to you to turn pro and to finally reach this level. And then to see these fucking guys who, like I respect the hustle. I respect what, you know, the making money and, and taking advantage of situations. But what we're looking at now is people who are on YouTube in like this influencer bullshit. And, you know, all of a sudden everybody's a fucking fighter. Everybody's a boxer. Right. Uh, and we're going to take, I'm going to take Jake Paul for a good example. Now I do think he has some skills, but I
1: think mm-hmm. that for what his
0: skill set is, it's not. He's he he ha, he hasn't. He's not he's not a boxer. Like to when I when I look at you, and when I look at you know guys like Sook and other guys from around the GTA, like those guys to me are boxers. You're a boxer. When I look at Jake Paul, I'm like, okay, he's an athlete, maybe, right? Uh, like, does it bug you to kind of see this phenomenon of guys just like? saying oh yeah let's just box because they th- it's almost like they feel like it's so easy let's just box right
1: yeah um at first i didn't like it because they were
2: like far too showy and, and back then like he was like he looked very bad like when he was doing like the first early fights in his career yeah but i do give him his respect like i feel like he's gotten a lot better in like a short amount of time so i think he has like spent the time in the gym to like hone his craft and of course he doesn't have like an amateur career and stuff so he's gonna look shaky in the fights because uh if you don't develop that as an amateur it's gonna it's hard to look get better like within fights if you're only fighting pro fights once every year you know
1: yeah i know what um, I mean. yeah but
2: but like the attention it's bringing to boxing i i can't i can't not like it because it just puts like now people are getting like career high paydays. this is like the most millionaires in boxing that there's ever been um Like it look, it might look bad. Like for like an like, let's say you're an amateur and you had 80 fights and you not you're not making money like these guys. But overall, as a sport and as a whole, it's bringing a lot of attention to it. And I think overall, it will pay dividends down the line. But um, in another like I like little kids now, like they don't even know who like other people are, but they know who Jake Paul is. And like kids in my gym, they started boxing because of like the influencer boxers, because of like Javante Davis or Ryan Garcia and Jake Paul and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's bringing, you know, it's bringing money into my gym. Like a lot of people are signed up because of, um, like, how much it's grown the sport. So yeah. I can't be that mad at it. Like overall, I, I love boxing as a sport, and I think everyone should like do some sort of combat sport in their life just to like have it. You know, it's like a good for like mental preparation for everybody. So
1: yeah.
2: I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with. It. I've come to, I've come to become you've, okay. You've come. You've come to terms.
0: <laughs> now, now my question is: Do you think that it? diminishes the skill from the sport because like when i look at um i don't even want to call it by that but like i don't know his real name that ksi guy like there's no Mm. to me me, like there's no skill set you know what i mean there's no style like when you when you spend time working on a striking art specifically boxing or kickboxing uh you develop style you know when when a fighter comes out, you know what kind of style they bring to it. Like if your Lomachenko's fighting, you know it's gonna be footwork. If if Canelo's fighting, you know it's gonna be movement, power, precision. It, um now with these guys coming into the sport, they don't have that kind of that ability. They don't have styles. They don't really they're they're just athletes. And I wouldn't even call them boxers yet, right? Because to me, well a fight like an MMA fighter is an MMA fighter when they when you step in the cage and you can discern like okay that guy is a jiu-jitsu guy that guy is a wrestler they bring a specific style like a bot when a boxer steps in the in the ring you know okay this guy is a footwork guy he's going to dance around you and and jab you all day until your face fucking opens up and then a right hand's going to come from hell from nowhere or you're going to get a guy who's a bruiser he's going to step in on you cut the ring off and he's gonna put you on the ropes and beat the fuck out of you like so my my concern is it's like yes it's bringing more eyeballs in yes to that but in the long run do you think that because they're not bringing specific styles to fights it's going to kind of diminish the skill set that's coming that 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 has been in boxing before
1: i think that's hard to say because i think the skill set's from teachers
2: in the inboxing. boxing like i'm lucky to I, I have a like a good like my coach he's my coach but he's also a teacher because he taught yeah. me he didn't just teach me how to like throw punches he taught me how to like think in the ring he taught me like what to like what you accept in the ring what you don't accept in the ring um yeah. so like so those skills i feel like are not i may are made by teachers and then having more people in the sport it's like are are they being taught well? Like, are are they just learning from a LA fitness guy, the LA fitness guy <laughs> holding pads for people? Yeah. Or are they learning from somebody who's done it before? Um, or if not, if not that they've done it before, they're like, they're a person who's been in the gym under the tutelage of a person who's done it before. Um, and they're like, you know, knowledge has to be passed on correctly. And I feel like that's where skills either
0: get honed or lost. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and I agree with you because it, it really depends on you know the coaching and and stuff like that uh but do, um i I think what I'm trying to really get at is by taking guys that don't don't put in the work and don't have the amateur career and then pushing them into the professional ranks um do you think like look now you're gonna have one and oh two and oh three three fight four fight fighters who don't really have that experience don't really show that skill set that say a fighter that like you that has has that experience then over time it kind of diminishes that early stage of professional fighting you know what I mean you get what I'm saying that that's where I I feel it's kind of going and that's my only concern because I don't really care that they're doing it I like the fact that guys are making money and and more eyeballs are on all combat sports but i feel like when you look at like guys with the limited amount of fights under 10 fights for example you you really those guys have a a diminished skill set coming in and if uh, over a longer period of time if that becomes the standard then Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying i i get
2: what you're saying so like It's like, um, the kids who are coming into the gym, like the people that they're seeing who they think is on top, aren't like the masters of the sport. They're like guys who are like, who are like five, 10 fights. And that's what they think is the top echelon because they see it on TV. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see that being an issue. Like kids might see that and think like, Oh, like that you you could just throw punches like that and, um, And, and get away with it.
1: Right. And get, and get away
2: with it. Exactly. But I think. As long as those kids end up in a boxing gym, I think it'll all sort itself out. Like I think yeah. um will end You'll, up being fixed. You always get exposed.
0: At the end of the day, you always get yeah. bad bad, te- <laughs> bad technique always gets exposed. It doesn't matter who you are.
2: Yeah, and that's why we, when you were saying like some guys will become 3 and 0, 4 and 0, um like without being actually good, I'm like I'm thankful. I'm like, yo, that means there's more blood for me to <laughs>
0: to get. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's more tickets to sell on that yeah, one. Bigger, bigger, pay, bigger payday, right? That that's more records for me to pad. Like, oh, this guy's ten and zero.
2: I,
1: I defeated <laughs> ten. <fighters." laughs>
0: now, now, so when when you say that, because I know that that does happen. Like, do you think a lot of guys pad their records, and then when they have to actually fight a fucking wolf, they they they're not ready for it? it happens a lot more than you
2: think like uh, (laughs) I've seen it I've seen it happen many I've I've seen it happen more times than I ever thought like uh like even when I was coming up as an amateur yeah I remember sparring somebody and I'm like holy crap this guy's like 12 and oh I'm gonna spar this guy tomorrow like Mm -hmm. oh this is gonna be like you know you're not not that you're scared but like you're like yo like you know this is gonna be like you're gonna find out and then like you go through it and you're like man that was so easy that guy was easier than like
0: some other guys, that, yeah, yeah, and I've had that experience too with uh, guys that fight in the UFC or big kind of organizations. I'll I'll get in the gym and they'll like sh- shake my hand, be like, "Yeah, you want to go?" I'm like, "Oh shit, this guy's in the UFC." And then like the first like three or four seconds, you know, you're kind of trying to feel it out and get the movement. And then about twenty thirty seconds in, you start landing that first combo, and then you land another. And you're like, "Well, maybe I'm not as either he's bad or maybe I'm not as bad as I think." <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean <laughs> i know exactly what you mean yeah and uh one of the things when you transition to pro did you notice that there's a, a faster speed to the sport at from amateur to pro or do you think it's the same
1: i i think it's it seems almost slowed down because uh i think
2: because of the size of the gloves you kind of have to pace the fight a little slower and and like how long the rounds are like Yeah, especially fight like when you fight the longer fights, like eight round, ten round, twelve. Yeah, you can't like you can't in the amateurs. It's just three minutes, three rounds with smaller gloves, so it's just go or not smaller gloves, but more padded gloves. So just go,
0: go, go. Sometimes it's two
2: minutes too, right? Yeah, especially yeah, the first ten fights as an amateur, you have two minute rounds, um, and then it becomes three minute rounds after ten plus fights.
0: Yeah, and that's a fucking sprint. Like two minute rounds are retarded. (laughs) Like (laughs) two.
1: yeah, two.
2: I've lost fights for like in the two-minute rounds where like a guy just kept punching nonstop, like kept one-two, 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 like the whole fight, and like I ended not, up losing.
0: Yeah, not even landing a clean shot. It was just to look more active than it than it had to be, right? Exactly. Like I, they reward activity a
2: lot more in the amateurs compared to the professionals. Like professionals, they just land like clean punches, landed
0: basically. Yeah, and um, from this is this is my experience, and like because i know like there's this big fucking crossover shit where all these mma boxers want to fight mma guys and mma guys want to fight boxers which i think is fucking dumb cuz so it's two different fucking sports right um, cuz i have for example i box well for mma but i don't box well for boxing and it's quite evident when i like when i when i'm training at grants and like i step in the ring with a guy like Sook, right the, the, i'll be like I'll be like boxing on the first couple of mi- seconds. I'll, I'll, I'll get things off, but there's a fluency to boxing. There's a fluency to professional boxers that they have where there's, I would, I would say like other combat sport athletes, there's a delayed reaction when they kind of see a hole, they kind of like wind up or their hips are not in the right position. But when you get to the pro level of boxing, there's a fluency. Like, you know what I'm saying? When like, a guy touches you like ten times, like fuck. I didn't see one of those things, and they're not hard shots. They're, just, uh, uh, they're like they're like they're constantly touching you, and then it's almost like you can't see. And then boom, that one shot that comes in, and it's not a fucking haymaker shot. It's a clean right hand. And for me, as a outsider looking, in, that's how I see the difference. When I, because I do spar with a lot of boxers, when I spar with them, I'm rarely ever winning rounds. And I'm okay with that because I have no ego, right? But I, my, my clear, like my clear different. The difference I see is that there's a very different fluency to a professional boxer than what I would say I'm an amateur boxer because I don't box, right? I'm a, I'm a professional MMA fighter, but I would classify my skill set as an amateur boxer, right? But do you <laughs> think that do 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 you agree with me on that sense where there's a, the difference between the two is like a profession, a really good professional boxer will touch you so much and, and the, like the, the fluency of the punches is just on a different level
1: yeah
2: i would say that's the difference between um like a very high level boxer versus like when like when you're an amateur and still coming up it's definitely like like when we punch like especially when you get very good you punch without having any tells like you won't have like an elbow stick up that a guy yeah. will see you won't, you won't like look at them at their body before you throw the punch to the body. You just know how to like mask everything. So like they don't even know you're, they're about to get hit by something like that. They'll just touch you a couple of times and then they'll like, they'll like calculate an opening on you and then they'll just let it off very like fluidly without you even knowing it's about to like be there. Yeah. And that's an important skill set to have. And I think, I think some MMA fighters like, when I watch MMA fighters um, like spar boxing and stuff, I think like when because they do kickboxing and other um, like arts, yeah. it kind of like mixes into the boxing, which is why they don't have that like the fluency to do those things because they kind of have like habits from other sports that they kind of yeah. bring in, which is why they're um, why they have like little flaws in terms of boxing. It's like a flaw, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and but, one of the one yeah. of the biggest things I see is a different, and, and I say this out of the humbleness because I, I, I respect boxing so much is that when guys try to transition from MMA and try to box, the stance is totally different, right? So, like, when, when you're fighting Muay Thai or you're fighting kickboxing, you're able to use the legs. You, you, you fight in a more extended kind of stance because you're trying to set up kicks, trying to set up knees, those kind of things. When you're boxing and you're in an extended stance and you get that pressure, I find, like, okay, now you're on your back foot. When you're on your back foot, you're not even standing. you're not dodging, you're not bobbing and weaving, you're not slipping punches when all your weight's on one foot, right? Whereas you can get away, you can get away with that in kickboxing because if you're all, all your weight's on your back foot, and you can always you know front kick a guy to break up the the transition, you know what I mean? Or like uh, wrestling, it's a different kind of stance. So I feel like this whole war between like oh, boxers fighting, it's so irrelevant because. They're they're two very distinctly different things.
1: Yeah, that's a, Yeah, it's just two
0: different
2: sports, man. It's like it's it could be like similar. I guess it's kinda like baseball and cricket or like tennis and badminton Of you know, bro- like sim- first
0: the brown guy says cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah, it's like it's similar. Yeah, you're both holding a bat, but like the rules are like completely different and the way you would strike using the bat is different. Like it's it just has similar characteristics but yeah in terms of the skill and that's why i'm I'm like all these boxers are fighting the mma fighters i know if a boxer ever switches to mma
0: they're
2: getting tapped down in like two seconds oh, or
0: like for sure <laughs> getting... for sure like uh like i would take the jake paul fight in a second sign me up like and I, I wouldn't throw a fucking punch bro i'm a black belt i'm gonna fucking take his ass down and i'm gonna choke his bitch ass out like that like <laughs> like there's no i mean it's more i don't think you don't see it the other way around right like james tony was the only guy to do it and that was an embarrassing very very embarrassing moment because like when you get taken down it's a whole nother level right that's a whole different sport like you said like so like i don't I, i don't get it i don't see why it's doing it i understand there's money to be made but i think like it's bad for both sports i think like it just the the like when when Jake was fighting Teron Woodley, like what two times? Like I found it was so cringy. The the boxing itself wasn't even good, and you're paying like people are paying money, right? And you're you're seeing very subpar things. And like we said, we said before, it, it, it's great for the sport, puts more eyeballs on it. But at the same time, when I sit down and watch a fight, I want to see two technicians going at it. You know what I mean? In any, in yeah. any com- in any combat sport, I, if I want to see a brawl, that's what World Star Hip Hop's for. <laughs>
2: yeah, like you, you want to see two people, who who are in the craft, want fight each other, not, not Joe Blow and and the guy who's in the craft, or like, you know, you want to see a competitive matchup, or like you want to see if, you want to see if if Rock actually beats Scissors that day, or you know, you want <laughs> those are things. You want to see.
0: I like that analogy. Now. Do you do any cross training, like any other kind of sports to kind of complement? Because I like I know as myself as an athlete, doing the same kind of thing—the jujitsu, the Muay Thai, the wrestling—sometimes it kind of gets boring uh, or gets a little too much. Is there any kind of other activities you do, like recreationally, kind of just kind of take your mind out of the sport for a second, for a day, but still stay active, kind of thing?
2: uh so i'll play basketball once a while when when there's not a fight in sight but that's the, the only reason i don't play too often is because you know when you're playing basketball and some guy jumps up with his knee yeah. <laughs> and leaves you in the thigh or something and then and then you go to training the next and you're like man this damn damn that guy who <laughs> jumped up trying to try to knee me <laughs> or like i other than that i i just try to stick to the trainings i do um i try to do more like power lift or not power lifting, but like you know like snatches and like yeah um i've I've incorporated more of the like strength type of work, workouts that i wasn't doing as an amateur as much um, so i've done that stuff but i wouldn't say i haven't taken up another sport but horace wants me to start doing wrestling he's like he's trying to push me to like get into a little bit of wrestling just to be able because i've noticed in the pros they do fight dirty like some people hold you yeah. and they're like pulling you and pushing you around and that's not in, in the amateurs you fight very clean because it's not allowed like the ref will come in and break that but in the pros the refs kind of like let you do all that type of stuff they let you like hold and punch them and all that crazy stuff so yeah i've had to help getting it
0: i've had to help a couple uh pro boxers out with like uh it's it's almost like greco-roman it's very upper body wrestling oriented just working into that clinch and being strong and a presence in there so i i i agree with Horace on that i think that's that would be a great value because um i'll say this from experience it's like there's a big difference when a guy can control your neck. You know what I mean? Even for a split second. Like I know you can't like, I know in boxing, you can't like pull a guy's neck down like in Muay Thai, but like when a guy can control your posture just by using, you know, simple kind of inside controls that aren't illegal in boxing, which we've seen before we've seen, you know, that's where the term dirty boxing comes from, right? Guys that, fight on the inside and are really good in that clinch position. Right. So there is some value mm-hmm. to that. So I, I do see some value into that and definitely, definitely get incorporated. In that. that would definitely, especially at your weight class, if you could, die, if you could incorporate into the game, no guys are going to want to fight inside. They're going to always try to, to, to fight you on the outside and then you just beat their ass on the outside too. Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: Like, um I felt like I, I- was i've always been a good well-rounded fighter but i was never a dirty fighter but i think adding that wrestling element would help with that so i'm definitely gonna i think that's my next uh that's the next thing i'm trying to, i'm gonna add that in yoga for yeah. the next fight and i think i'll be pretty good for it
0: and the one thing i wanted to talk to you about before we wrap this up is uh uh safety in boxing right now yeah there's all combat sports have have risk right like for example, like MMA is just insane, like on your joints, tendons, et cetera. But when we're talking about boxing, just specifically boxing, the major intent is to throw shots to the head. And um, does it ever concern you, like seeing some of the older fighters who are punch drunk that, you know, maybe sometime you have to take a step back or, or something like that?
1: Yeah, so I, I understand, like,
2: I, I've seen what they've gone gone through, but I think people in the smart sport are spar- smarter now than they were in the past. Like, those guys were, like, notorious for sparring, like, five days a week, and they would spar yeah. hard, like, three out of those five days, like, and they would just be taking, like, too many head blows in training, and I think that's what leads to the long-term damage. It's not necessarily, it is the fights, too, like, you do take damage in the fights, and that's going to happen, but I think if you minimize it in training, you're, like, kind of set up better for the fight too you won't be as shot uh going into the fight and then obviously in your career you're taking less damage throughout training into the fight so it's very i I think the knowledge of like like they're coming out with everything about cte and football cte and boxing cte and all the combat sports um so they're being a lot more preventative with it and i think that's that's a that's a thing my my gym has adopted too we used to spar three days a week um we changed it to two days a week and, and Horse never lets us spar each other, like in the gym, like the fighters in the gym. He never lets us spar each other hard. The only yeah. time we go hard sparring is when, when it's another gym or like another gym <laughs> comes to us. Then, yeah, it, then, you know, if it's not our guys, then you're you're allowed to do what you want. But if it's in in here, like it has to be
1: controlled.
0: Yeah, and one of the, one of the things I I found too is when I was very especially amateur, I was sparring a lot. I was sparring more than I needed to, and as I got a little bit older when I figured when I, when I didn't have something booked, when there wasn't anything booked, I didn't spar a lot. And to the, like, as like right now, I only spar when something's coming up. Right. I spend the rest of my kind of time working on the skill sets, working on different drills because sparring is more of a, you do it because you want to build their uh, live reaction kind of drills. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I I've gotten to this point where I don't see that like if you just fought for example if you fought like last week you recovered you took a week or two off then you go back in the gym the first week I don't see the value in sparring right away really well. you know, I don't see the value right. in sp- like I don't see like and I think that was the old school way of thinking like you know you get back in the gym you get your sparring back on track I find like sparring is something that gets you neurologically ready for the combat that you're about to do but if the combat you're about to do is not within the next six, eight weeks, why the fuck are you sparring hard for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you you know who does this really well, and I admire them, and it's probably why the sport of Muay Thai has advanced the way it, it has, is they do a lot of touching. A lot of touching where it's not, like, you know, they're throwing lots of kicks, they're throwing punches, but none of them are brain trauma kind of punches, or, like, one of the things that RG does at, at Grants is, like, the body sparring. Right, where you're still getting, you're still getting that reactionary work because that's what sparring is. I think a lot of people think sparring is this thing where you prove if you're a tough guy and you you try to win the sparring rounds. Yeah, there's a time and place for that. If you have a fight in two weeks and you want to be sharp and you want to be mentally ready, but not really. If there's no other, there's no other value for it in my opinion in that sense. But I find like when you do the body sparring, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah, hit me. As long as I'm not breaking a rib, we're good. You know what I mean? Punches to the chest, punches to the body, working on those reactionary things, working, but I, I like, that's the one thing I, I hate to see is when guys are sparring and they don't, like, I'm like, when's your next fight? Oh, well, I don't have one book. Why, why, why the fuck are you sparring so hard?
2: Yeah. And like, now people are smart, with like, the, the way they taper their caps, like, if they're like eight weeks out in the sparring, they're sparring hard on week eight and seven. And then yeah. like, they might they might like go week six and five a little easier. Then week four they'll go hard one more time, and then that's it. And then they'll like just taper. And then like leading up to the fight, they'll just do some technical sparring sessions, make sure the eyes are right. But they don't want to take you don't want to take damage going into the fight like that. Yeah. There's no point. You want the damage to you take to be in the fight. So that yeah, for when so, it counts
0: when like, the money's being yeah made. yeah
2: yeah why are you why are you losing a bunch of brain cells when there's no <laughs> like you're not making any money
0: <laughs> and. and and you think, you think that's changing drastically in boxing now throughout the gyms?
2: Yeah. Like, especially I noticed Canada's a lot better at that. I, I noticed the U S is still like that though. Like they still spar hard every time, like they're just trying to kill each other every time they go in there. Yeah. Um, but I, it's like a cultural thing, but I think they'll, I think at the end of the day, like once they realize the damage that it's doing to the fighters and when they're old and they're, they're going to pay for it. And then. i
1: feel
0: like yeah yeah. it'll all
2: all work its way out you know
0: and uh one last thing before we kind of wrap it up do you uh, at this stage in your career and and going forward do you start picking your partners more carefully uh to avoid kind of injuries or to avoid those kind of ridiculous sparring sessions like everything is calculated now you're not like sparring with buddy boy who comes into the gym he's only got six months of experience and he's throwing wild punches um i'm i'm the type of guy i'll get in there
2: with anybody even if they're that person because i feel like uh, you can you can learn you can make yourself in a situation where you can learn out of any anybody in front of you even if there's six fights and they're wild and they're throwing punches you wouldn't normally see then yeah. that's my opportunity to be like i gotta make this guy
0: miss everything yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah i know what you mean yeah there's a certain there's a certain value to that too, I, because I'll I'll give you an example of what happened with me once is I was sparring with really good guys UFC level guys for weeks on end like all sessions with guys that were really good and what I noticed towards like I'm getting closer and closer to my fight was Like I'm very apprehensive to pull triggers. I'm not setting up shots. I'm not doing things. I'm not being creative, right? And normally you get those things when you go with guys that are less skilled than you because you're more comfortable to pull off those things, try new things, try new footworks, cut new angles. And so like I I agree you, there is value to that because this is the only time you really get to work on stuff. You don't get to work on, New techniques that you know, Horace and you work on like, with with a guy who's like fifteen and 0 as a pro. <laughs> you get to work yeah. on those. You get to work on those with the amateurs who are two and three, right?
1: Exactly. Like yeah, uh,
2: you got to work on things inspiring, and then you and then you got to like transition it to execute it against the like the tougher guys or like you know. So you got I, we we have like a system. Like Horace will do it on the pads with me. Then I'll go to the bag and I'll I'll try to work whatever we're working on. Then we have drills in place. Like we do like partner drills and we try to fix those things in the partner drills. Then we take it to sparring and then we'll take it to like the higher level sparring, like against like the very good fighters. And you're just trying to like, those guys are basically trying to win the round against. Right. And then yeah. as long as you, you got to be, you got to develop the skills from the grassroots and take it one step at a time. You can't just like rush right into something or else like it won't, it's not going to work or you're going to pay for it not working. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, well said. Now when when is uh when are you looking next? When's the next fight? When when are you guys shaping up to get twenty twenty three kind of rolling for you?
2: Yeah. Um my next fight, um I think I, I got it lined up. It's gonna be on March eleventh.
0: In and, Brampton. Uh, in Brampton. Uh nice. Yeah. And um uh can you just let everybody know where they can kind of find you? Because I know you also do he also does personal training. He also trains people as well, where they can kinda of reach out to you if they want to kind of work with Work with you and kind of seek keep over your career and all that kind of stuff working and everybody should sure. find
2: me. yeah, you can find me on instagram at mathth one one three m a t h u s a n one three you can add me on Facebook with the same name um I'm on all platforms, but I mostly just use Instagram because that's what everyone's using <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and and I appreciate you doing this, and you know what I've been watching you since you were very, very young in amateurs and it's like for me as a i call myself an old guy i know i'm not that old but for me it's it 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 makes me very happy to see your success going on right now and i wish you nothing but the best brother and i and i see big things for you just keep doing what you're doing keep plugging away and you're definitely i have i have no doubt that you're gonna fucking do big things and and, you know 80 fights man You're, you're a seasoned vet, so i'm looking forward to watching you beat some shit out of some guys and and being the first tamil champ
1: bro Thank you.
0: I I have to give you a
2: big, big shout out, because when I when I first you were there, like when I first started boxing, like in my first year of boxing, you and Sad were always in the gym. And just to find out there was like other brown professional fighters, because at that (laughs) time you were turning professional and Sad was already like he was like pro and he like he was like stopped at that time. But I was just like, you know what, to see there's even professional athletes like the same skin color as me. And because the only guys you see are like they don't you kind of don't relate to them the same. Yeah, and I know. It's to have you guys there.
0: I know what you mean. It's funny. but It's hard. Like, I say this, and I'm not being, like, discriminatory to my own people, but, like, there's not fun. Brown people don't do shit. We drive Ubers and do math and answer fucking call centers. Like, I'm being stereotypical here, but I don't give a fuck. Like, like, like when you go to a family function, like, that's what brown people do. And we're cool with that. We're doctors. We're fucking lawyers. We do that kind of shit. You don't see many of it. But you know what it is? It's a mindset, bro. Like, I, I've i never seen it as a skin color thing, to be honest with you. I just, like, I've always, like, when I was a young, when I was a young kid, I was always like, I want to be a professional athlete. But, like, when you grow up in the kind of homes that we do, it's not uh, prioritized uh thing right and Mm -hmm. fighting for me was like i didn't even think about that like i didn't think i was like when i was a kid i was like i want to play basketball i want to do like on those kind of things for me it was the for me fighting became like i thought i was like when i started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu and that's where i started fighting i wanted to pursue professional fighting because i view it as it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to do uh, combat sports at a, at all level, and even as I'm I'm getting older and I transition into other things in life, and like right now I'm really focused on business and and doing all these other fun things like podcasts and all that stuff. I always bring it back. I always say people they're like, you know, I always relate this one. You know when you have a day where just things just keep hitting you in the fucking face. You're like, this bill comes, you get pulled over, this is your car breaks, all the shit can go wrong. I was related back to this. There's nothing worse in life to me than being absolutely exhausted, my muscles cramping, being full mounted, and getting beat the fuck in my face. And I've been there. We've all been there. Like we, You can relate to positions in boxing where you're being there, where you're, you can't even keep your hands up. You're getting fucking smoked. You can't see shit. And you're about to die. You know what I mean? And finally, the bell saves you, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, right? To me, that's the worst place. I've put myself there so many times. There's nothing worse than that for me. So, when those situations in life happen, I'm like, whatever, there's nothing worse than that. I can deal with this. And that's what fighting has given me. Like, I don't, like, I know, like, we're brown and that's fucking cool. But for me, fighting was that. It was the hardest thing I could think of. And, like, I'm like, when I get old, I'm going to look back on this and I'll be like, yo, that was some hard shit. And I did it, right? Yeah,
1: I feel,
2: I feel the 100% the same way throughout like my whole life like anything something bad comes i'm like man this is nothing compared to a guy on the other side of the ring trying to kill you like exactly nothing will ever and not a lot of people can relate to that no that's why it's it's always a brotherhood between fighters and it's always amazing to see what other fighters do and how everything's going for them
0: all right man well we're i'm definitely cheering you on and and like i said i'm proud of you keep doing what you're doing keep winning and uh we're we're definitely going to keep looking at your career, and we're definitely I I see definitely see belts in your future. So thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for taking the time, and uh that's it for Mathewson, the Tiger. Hey everybody! Thank you for watching and listening to the Grandma Gears podcast. Please head over to Spotify. Make sure you like and subscribe, as well as head over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and the like on the video as well, and head over to G M G dash podcast.com to get all up-to-date info on the podcast as well as other special things that we have on that website.